Today is September 21st, 2020. This is episode 30 of Back to Normal. So let's get started. Okay, and we finally made it to another milestone, episode 30. And you know what that means? If you've been listening to the show for a little while, that means um, this episode, I'm going to get a little personal and tell a little bit, bit more about my backstory and about my history. And today, I've had this in the show notes for a really long time to want to talk about in some context. And um, that is my history with programming and coding, all that kind of stuff. Um, so last episode, episode 20, the last personal episode, I talked about my internet history. So kind of putting stuff, my history of putting stuff on the internet. There is some ties and tangential stuff to that episode. Um, so I would suggest reading it first or listening to it first. Um, but we'll get started, jump right into it. So my very first kind of exposure to coding, to programming, to the idea that um, putting something on computers uh, that's like um, that's generated, like you're not putting exactly what you see, um, like you're not typing in exactly what you see um, and having it pop up with like basic text entry is reading um, a, a magazine for young people, uh, like a science and engineering magazine. I forget what, he, what it was even called. Um, but I was like maybe 10 or 11 or something and learning about HTML, which at the time I think was probably even pretty new, like not even not a lot of people actually knew about it um, or knew about the Internet even. Um, and so like just but again, it was it was all hypothetical. It was basically reading about link tags and, um, you know, how to make text bold, how to make text italic, um, all this stuff. And I didn't I don't even think it got into the difference between like blocks and inline styles um like difference between a div and a span for example like it was all really really basic because because html at the time was really basic and it was basically like here's how you can make a static page website you can put a list of links together and all the, like the most basic html and and for probably at least five years maybe even more that was all i ever that was all i ever knew about um programming was like oh i know that i can theoretically build websites but I don't really, I don't really have any reason to make one right now because I'm a tiny person who's not an adult and didn't have any really good ideas yet. And so I actually tried to get into programming just a bunch of times uh, over the years, like over the, the ensuing years, maybe even till I was like 25 or so. And um, I so like there's a course called CS50 at Stanford that posts all their episodes, all their episodes, all their classes online. And so for a long time, I think it was in university, I would watch those and just try to understand things like sorting, things like looping, algorithms, um, ifs and all selects and all these kinds of different functions that um, most programming languages, if not all programming languages have, and just trying to wrap my head around it. And the syntax for that, I, I forget, they, I think they mostly even use pseudocode, but then um, I forget if it was PHP, but they, they used a programming language that I hadn't really seen the syntax of before. So I was trying to kind of wrap my head around this new syntax, um, along with figuring out how the concepts work. And so it, it really never actually stuck. And I kept trying, like banging my head against the wall, trying to get it to stick. And yeah, um, I talked in episode 20 about using Blogger um, to build websites for a really long time. And that had a rudimentary programming engine. So you could build like this, they had this really weird syntax, but you could build ifs and 
I think you could probably build loops into it as well. But it was it was a really weird syntax. If you've ever used Blogger to to do any programming, you'll you'll know what I'm talking about. And I don't think, like I said, same as yesterday, I was in the one percent of people knowing about Windows. Um, I was in the one percent for sure of people who coded using Blogger. Um, that that is without any kind of doubt to me. Like even among Blogger users, I was probably in the top one percent. Um, yeah. And so I think around that time, maybe even slightly before I started building websites, but I like building a website without a site builder is just crazy. And I can't even imagine building a site from scratch with something like Dreamweaver or like a coding engine. I just can't imagine trying to do it by hand. Um, it, the design, it's almost impossible to get good design doing it that way. And so like I was ending up with an image and like maybe below it two columns and like a navigation bar but it was so basic and it was so bad that like i quickly as soon as i learned oh hey there's better like you can start off with a template and you don't have to do all this by hand it's like oh great so i'm never doing this again um yeah this the most complicated thing i ever did i was learning at the same time starting to build websites i was using javascript and jquery to do some of the animations that I wanted on the website. And it was like having things slide in and out. Um, considering my skill level and considering my level of formal training, it was probably fine. It was actually probably decent, but oh my God, it was so, it like looking back, it's so painfully bad and so much work went into making something that was so minimal and so little. Um, and for a long time, that was kind of all I had was, I was like blogging with Blogger and um, yeah, I gave up on that basic web self self-built website very quickly um and once i got started working at nsterc which was in 2013 um i was working as a program assistant and actually hilariously before i like i knew what macros were but they always seemed kind of out of reach to me when i was at that point and i was i had so much work to do that i didn't have time to learn how to do them and i didn't even i wouldn't even have known where to get started um, so I basically, one of the things that I first ever did, like I, I did a lot of stuff with formulas because I understood how formulas worked and I'd use them a lot in university through Excel to just kind of make um, things more powerful. But um, one of the things I distinctly remember doing, which is so funny in retrospect, because I have a, a macro to do this now, um, is that I would hand make macros. Like I would write down a series of keystrokes on um, in pen and paper and like have it um, like sitting next to my keyboard. And when I ever had to do a mail merge of like 50 or 60 or 100 documents, I would sit there and I would just type the key keyboard commands like alt, whatever, like using the ribbon. If you've ever pressed alt when you're using ribbon in a Microsoft Office product, you'll see all the letters come up. Like I built a, a macro recorder basically and wrote it down. Um, it's so, so funny to do an entire mail merge like that. Um, so I have a mail merge macro now that I kind of adopted from another from a colleague. And I've kind of tweaked it and set it up to, to my own thing so that it's got this, um, it can convert each, um, each document in the mail merge into its own separate document, which is something that weirdly, like super weirdly, Word doesn't support. And um, to be able to name it programmatically using, using fields from the merge itself, it's so, um, it's so funny to think of, of this mail merge using keystrokes, using um, a macro recorder, because any time, if, if I did the merge myself by hand and then someone wanted to make a small format change to one of the documents, 
it meant doing the entire thing again or like going and making this tiny, really frustrating change to every document. And it was so painful because I was just like, I would resent my manager for making me do it again, like a second time. And um, now with the merge macro that I have that I've tweaked, basically, if somebody decided, hey, this doesn't quite work, um, not only does that, not only is that really easy to do, and like it would take another 30 seconds to, with no effort, like I hit one button and it does it, does it, 30 seconds later, it's done. Um, but to take it one step further, I actually always do a full test run just to like spot check to make sure that my format's right so that I can do it again if it's wrong. It kind of flips the entire script on you. Um, and yeah, so once I started working on Enstrict, that was my, that was my, um, that was my entry into macros. I was like, this is ridiculous. There has to be something better. It's worth learning macros if I can not have to do this again. And so after a little while at Enstrict, I started bouncing around to a couple of different teams. I found there were a couple of tools people had built, and I found a couple of I I encountered a couple of people that had built macros, um, just using Visual Basic for Excel or Word. And basically, all I did was look at those macros at first and kind of tinker with them, or add like add like a very tiny function to one of my spreadsheets, and that was kind of enough for that little while. Um, once I found, once I moved to the team that I work on now uh, in Discovery Grants, um, that kind of became my niche, and as as a program assistant, I came in at the exact time. Um, we have a competition, a yearly huge competition in February. And so I came in in December and it was like middle of crunch time. Everyone was really rushing to get stuff out. And one of the things we had to do was take like, let's say 200 of these sets of files and move them onto um, an external facing web server that people logged into to, to access these materials for applications. And it was that there was a macro that did this, but it was so painfully not automated, not optimized. Um, it basically, you basically had to do all the work yourself. You had to go in and change a line of code in the Visual Basic each time you wanted to do something. And it, it was so like I did it like twice before I thought, no, I can make this better. Um, even if I had to figure out how to, um, even if I had to figure out how to make macros work, it was worth doing this. And yeah, so so I started tinkering with that and I started adding pieces to this macro that that already existed before me. And yeah, it basically found that every time I approached a problem like this, I could solve it with programming and it made it so, so, so much faster. And now all the work that I spend a lot of time doing is stuff that has to be done manually. Anything that can be automated is automated in my like yearly workflow now. Um, and so in parallel to that, along with um, moving along with learning, um, a visual basic, I also moved my websites from blogger to WordPress at a similar time. And that meant converting a lot of the knowledge that I had of the blogger engine and of JavaScript, which is uh, again, the language that I had to use when, when needed for blogger, um, meant moving a lot of it to PHP because that's the language that WordPress uses. And that was actually pretty relatively simple. JavaScript and PHP are, are pretty simple and similar. And so a lot of the like plugins and stuff that I had built little things to to show information that I wanted converted pretty easily to, um, between those languages. And it turns out that's actually true. One of the things that was really nice that I learned is that most programming languages are pretty similar and programming languages tend to have a set of features that are just implemented in a slightly different way. Um, and that's nice because once you understand a feature uh, of a language like a loop or like an if statement or something like that, 
you kind of can wrap your head around the basics really, really quickly. And uh, like once you have a project that uses it and you're kind of getting started, um, you can just jump right in and Google and Stack Overflow and and just like asking colleagues that know a little better end up being really, really useful tools and kind of get you almost all the way there to being able to build anything on any with any language. And they're probably pretty obscure languages. Like if I tried to go back and build something on Fortran, like a really low level um, uh, code framework, it would probably be pretty difficult. But in terms of high level ones where you're basically just doing web programming or something like that, it'd be pretty easy. I've never used Ruby on Rails or anything like that, um, but it would probably be pretty easy to pick that up because it's probably just slightly different syntax. And you can kind of piece things together and there are obviously really good tools, things like autocomplete for code, um, for functions and all that stuff, just incredibly helpful. And um, yeah, so so here's, we can fast forward now because that was a couple of years ago to where I am now. And I've been fortunate enough to be able to combine in one aspect, at least of my job, I've been able to combine my passion for web design and my passion for programming together and actually build a website um, for just to showcase the tools that I've built for to be able to use at NSERC and to basically say, if you're looking for a, to, for a tool to do a task, you can obviously look through documentation and stuff. You can look, we have a repository on, on our um, little intranet site, but I have put together a thing that shows basically I've added versioning to all my, um, to all my macros. And every time we put an up, post an update of it, um, of one of them, I update the website and it's been really, really nice to be able to experiment with that, to learn more about web design, to learn more about programming and to be able to, to have all these things accessible, even just to me, um, to kind of see what, what I changed and what I've done and where, where this tool is, if I come back to it a year later or two years later or whatever, um, to just have it all visible in one single place and to have it kind of just a simple list view if you want, but you can also kind of dig into each individual tool. And we're at the point now where a couple of years in, I most of the work I do every day or over the course of a yearly competition cycle um, involves a tool in some kind of way. One of the tools that I've built or developing these kind of tools or new ones like them. And that's really satisfying because it means that it means that I can spend my time at work doing actual thinking work rather than grunt work and rather than brute force um, kind of automation style work. And it also means that all the program assistants that um, we have at NSERC that are working kind of helping out on programs rather than spending their days like mindlessly clicking on things and uh, like doing data entry and that kind of stuff. It means they can spend their time working on actual policy kind of like trying to move up because the automated part is either done or like takes 30 seconds, whatever they have to do it. So they can really focus on things that matter a lot more and not have to worry about this menial kind of, yeah, like just grunt work. It's, um, it's been really satisfying to be able to do that. And, um, so that's, that's very basically my programming history. And so thank you very much for listening and I'll talk to you tomorrow. Bye.